races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell, and we have an emergency podcast for you because Newcastle has signed Swedish right back Neil Croft. And with me to talk about this legendary signing for Newcastle United, I have the best damn colas in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are we doing? Hello. Hello. I'm great. I'm, uh, spoiler alert, I'm doing as good as I was on the other podcast. Which one yeah. was that? the season preview the preview of arsenal that one yes yeah. well good i'm glad very to hear similar it. very similar um well awesome so we're, we're gonna dive into emil and emil croft and talk to you a little about what he brings to the table what you're gonna see uh we we talked about this in episode 73 the arsenal preview that he was linked and that he was coming on board or that that we think he was coming on board. He was at least spotted at the time that we recorded that episode. But I'll just give you the background once again, in case you haven't listened to that one yet. Um, Kraft is 25 years old, and he is he played from his native Sweden in Oster, Helsingborg, um, leaving in 2015 and after, after four seasons there, and was sold to Italian side Bologna. He was loaned to Amiens in the 2018-19 season, and that was made permanent just over a month ago for 1.8 million pounds. He's played in the from the Swedish U19 level all the way up to the the senior team. He made his first senior cap in 2014, and he also played in the 2018 World Cup, um, mainly the quarterfinal loss against England. Uh, he played in that. So uh, this is Emil Kraft, Elijah. Give me, uh, give me your initial take on the player. Uh, I would say an upgrade at the right pack position, to say the least. Uh, kind of expecting this guy to come in and at least challenge for a starting position. Um, for On paper, doesn't seem like he's going to bring you the pace of DeAndre Yedlin, but he seems to be a little bit of a better passer and a better defender based on pure statistical metrics. Um, we know that DeAndre is a very kind of high-risk uh, high reward kind of defender, I guess, where he'll just try to use his speed to defend. Um, Emil is doesn't isn't really blessed with that same amount of speed, and so he kind of picks and chooses and, and defends very well, and is a little bit smarter with his passes. DeAndre kind of still crosses the ball when he shouldn't, kind of make a little bit more ambitious passes. Seems like Emil is going to be a little bit safer, um, which is going to be key in this new offense that's going to. Maybe, hopefully, we don't really know. Rely on the midfield and front three to really get things going, and Jetro Willems more than DeAndre Yedlin or uh, or Emil Kraft or Javier Mankiel, whoever's on the right hand side. Yeah, the the good thing with this player is you have someone who has he's he's played a lot of senior minutes, and we I seventy six matches in the top side or top league in Sweden. Uh, 42 matches in Serie A, 35 matches in Ligue 1, and now potentially Premier League. So he's been around, has 
thousands and thousands of minutes in in each of the leagues. So he's he's been there. He definitely understands uh, what top level football is. And even on the international side, uh, he's made 20 appearances for the Swedish national team. He had 16 for the U21s. So he he's he knows what's going on. He played a little Nations League too this this past oh, year. Yeah. Gotta love a Nations League. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert: Concacaf Nations League this September. Stay tuned. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, cool. So let's let's talk primarily about hit last year because uh, okay. that's the most relevant. So he had 35 appearances total for Amiens. One goal, one assist, only two yellows. 35 appearances. That's pretty good for a right back. Um, what what do you take? Is anything? step out from his performances for you i think it's it's that that mentality like you said he's a professional and it doesn't seem like he's going to be a risk taker i think so many so often in modern football everyone looks for next trent alexander arnold or like um trippier or whoever you want to say these fullbacks that like go forward and bomb forward and like sometimes you kind of get mad especially with guys like trippier who like you get mad when they track back and they can't defend Kraft is going to go forward when he needs to, and he's going to defend solidly, and he's going to do it smart, smartly, smartly, or do it to the. I don't know what the right English is a dumb language. Let's you're just throw you're that fine. Out there. We all understand you. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I mean, two yellow cards is insane. Uh, that that's stuff that you know. There's strikers and there's 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 guys who don't like. I'm like I actually I might I'm going to pull this up. Let's see how many yellow cards Saint Maximin has, and he doesn't defend. So, like, I just think that's interesting that he has that only one yellow, especially when there were some disciplinary issues with both uh, DeAndre Yedlin and uh, Javier Manquillo. Javier Manquillo pretty much had a red card that wasn't called, and DeAndre Yedlin, of course, gave up a red card that resulted in a loss. Uh, so, I don't know. I, that thing, I think that's the most kind of interesting thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Yeah, it's going to be a very, very strong discipline Aside from it, and you think like it, they're going to be the two, say, assuming it's Yedlin and Kraft, it's going to be they're going to be deployed in two completely different situations. You're you're going to want to like I could see a, a world where we when we play, we'll start Yedlin, assuming both are healthy. We'd start Yedlin against Arsenal when we're bunkering looking for the counter. We'd start Kraft against Norwich on the road. Just a game yeah. where we're probably going to come out more, uh, just try to clean control. up on our end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's where I see kind of the two living. In that, I, I could in also that see a, a spot where DeAndre loses his starting spot completely just to counteract the fact that Jetro Willems is probably going to go forward a lot and Fabian Scher is going to go forward a little bit. So you kind of want some defensive cover on that right-hand side or you, or you want some sort of semblance of having kind of four defenders back there. Uh, especially just in the in the Premier League where there's just so many great attacking players. Um, I don't know. So I could see him slotting in and starting eventually. But like you said, I'm sure that that's not going to happen immediately. I don't think that, especially with fullbacks, you don't really need to integrate them as soon as you sign them. Like this is going to be a deadline day signing. I'd be shocked if he plays Sunday um, or even against Norwich. So he, he uh, we'll see. He the, the Antonio Barreca and come in for like the last three minutes of, a ma- of the match yeah. on Sunday or something like that. But that's Make it. his debut at Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> just what a stat. And shout out to Antonio. That's just going to be such a good like – trivia question in the future like we got to write that down for the next two army american meetup in baltimore 
if you're uh, American and you don't know about that. Wembley's Antonio Barreca. <laughs> yeah, Wembley's Antonio Barreca. Um, cool. Well, some of his style of play, uh, at least this one from who scored. Because I'll, I'll be honest, um, Elijah and I aren't Amian supporters. And we haven't watched lower tier league on football uh, the yeah, past year. We, we barely watched <laughs> upper tier league on football. Uh, barely is, you know, I, I enjoy a Strasbourg match or two. Yes, like which is eight, still barely. Eight, like, yeah. Eight, eight to ten. Okay. Um, okay. And so the, the style of play is he plays the ball off the ground often, likes to play long balls, and does not dive into tackles. Um, that's his style of play. His weaknesses, they say, are passing, which, uh oh, crossing and tackling. Um, I guess the weakness of tackling is is probably more of a say why he doesn't have a ye- lot of yellow cards because <laughs> he's just bad at it. Um, and then strengths are there's no significant strengths, so not definitely not the sexiest signing in the world. Uh, we go but okay, then again, it's also who scored and who scored bases their generation, especially on lesser known players, purely off of statistics. And like technically. He's still, in every way, a slightly better player than DeAndre Edlin. Uh, he has 1.6 tackles as opposed to DeAndre's 1.9 tackles. But, you know, he averages 1.1 fouls and DeAndre has 1.4 fouls and blah, blah, blah. But passing, he's a better passer. He's better crosser. I, it's just, it. he's a better DeAndre Edlin. Let's just leave it at that. See, I, I don't agree with this. I, okay. I don't think he's better than DeAndre Edlin. Okay. Um, I'd say they're on the same page, but different players. Yes, I, I I would say that. I think if you're starting the two, if if you're telling me Greg pick one, I'm picking DeAndre. Yeah, there's bias. He's American. I'm American. Um, but there's a lot that I like about DeAndre's play, and you, like you mentioned, Jetro, like coming forward a lot and Cher coming forward a lot. Well, Yedlin could also join them on, on that attack. We have Yedlin, Jetro, Cher. Um, Almiron, St. Gucci Max, and Jolentoon all going up forward. That's like dynamic on the counterattack. Be so, careful, Greg. Don't gas up Yedlin too much. You'll have some angry tweets coming your way. <laughs> I don't care. Um, so like that. It's that only going to be from one account. So don't don't. No, no. There's upset. a lot of there's a lot of anti Yedlin people. Oh yeah, there's just one person in particular who listens to this podcast who's very anti Yedlin. No, there's there's actually a lot more on this podcast that are anti. I can't believe you don't remember. Oh yeah, I mean, There's I'm not. I'm just saying that consistently tweet at you. We'll say that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so Yedlin is like I, I think Yedlin's a better player here. I just do, um, but I haven't seen Emil Kraft play really. So I, it's it's a tough spot to be in because I'm just going off of what I think. Really. Yeah, and here's my last thing. I think it's one of those things where it it's it does lend to modern football where it's like i just basically said everyone's looking for this modern attacking fullback and like that's kind of the difference between yedlin is that yedlin is a threat going forward because you have to deal with his pace and that's just something that Kraft doesn't have and so that makes him that it gives him that little bit of a dynamic that you don't get with Kraft. it's like he's obviously the gutsier pick if you want to look at just like what do you think a typical fullback should do? Can he defend? Can yes, I guess technically Kraft is partially probably the safer pick, but 
when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when it's a counter and you only have three of those counterattacking opportunities to match, you'd rather have Yedlin joining that counterattack and at least drawing attention away from Miguel Almiron or Alan St. Maximo or St. Gucci Max or Joel Intune rather than Kraft, who just essentially could potentially just be a non-factor. Yep. Well, I love that it. Was, that I think, was great. Yeah, I think that's about it. Do you have anything? No, this... uh. Whenever this happens, well, it just happened. We don't know how much he costs. Well, what rumored five million, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think yeah his valuation's like two something, but yeah, it's yeah rumored in that ballpark, which is odd because like he was just bought for one point eight mil, uh, like a month ago, and we're gonna yeah. buy him for five mil a month later. I don't I don't see that as really that's actually pretty surprising actually when we're talking about Mike Ashley, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it could turn out, hey, we bought share for three. So, yeah, and to be I fair, mean, <laughs> we did have a bid rejected by Amiens. But if I'm so, Amiens, you, you set your price higher. Like, be a little bit like Ajax said, like, Taglaficio was going to cost us eight mil. And, like, we didn't even do that. This guy's a starting. Oh, yeah. Starting, you just bought him a month ago. Like, yeah. if you just bought a new car a month ago, you're probably going to upcharge it because you're like, yeah. this car's been barely used. It's but, fine. yeah, in, in Amiens' defense. It. You're lower league, not lower, but you know, lower near the bottom of the table in league. Uh, so you do need all the funds you can get, you possibly can get, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The. Uh... Yes, I agree. Okay. Well, <laughs> the end. Glad we agree. Cool. All right. So that concludes our emergency podcast of our newest signing, Emil Croft, the Swede. Uh, we'll come up with a nickname, maybe Kraft Mac and Cheese or something. Mm. Um, Yeah, until then, stay tuned, enjoy the match against Arsenal, and we will hit you back the Monday after the match. Um, I'm your host, Greg Troxell. This is Elijah Toonsome and Hoy the Lats.
They called on me to sing a song and I sang a party singing. I danced a jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. The blade and tune, the bellman he was carrying there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him talking to some chaps, and then he was persuading the Gamsey Jordy Ridley showing the mechanics how it bladed. Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows and they had my selling ciders. And the chef of a happening zone, the butchers and no more lads for riders. 